0: Hi, Greg Perry, the historic preservationist. Welcome to episode 430. Um, this episode, we're going to expound upon uh, the materials used in marquetry. And uh, you know, a week or so ago, we put a few episodes up about marquetry. So, but we really, really didn't get into the uh, the nut and bolts of the materials. Okay, so we're just going to mosey along here and uh, talk about this. Okay. So, a wide variety of veneers is used in marquetry composition. The marketer's choices, however, are often guided by the specific style. Wood is the most frequently used material, offering a wide assortment of natural colors and an infinite variety of hues with dyed woods. Other materials used in the past or present include mother of pearl, tortoiseshell, shark skin, ivory, horn, copper, brass, pewter, aluminum, and plastics. Certain materials such as bone, coral, and gold are used only on rare occasions. The development of the manufacture of wood veneer. The characteristics of the veneer used in a piece of marquetry Made in the past can help us in assessing the age of the work. Certain qualities can be discerned. First, the thickness of the veneer is measured. And secondly, whenever possible, a piece of veneer is removed and the glued side is examined to determine whether it was sawn or sliced. Let's talk about hand sawing. Until the 19th century, veneer was held vertically in a vise and was cut sheet by sheet by two workers using a large frame saw. Specialized workers who split the wood in the 18th century were called sirs à la préf. These workers modified their tools and ensured that the blade was very thin to minimize the amount of waste between sheets, especially when cutting blocks of rare wood. This saw was called a Ciao Refender Le Bois The Sawyers did not trace guidelines onto the wood, but depended upon their experienced eye. Despite their skill, there was always a slight irregularity of the thickness of each sheet, which caused a certain roughness. Occasionally this veneer was thick enough for cabinet makers to plane the marquetry after it had been veneered in place by the marketer. So most delicately cut work, however, was composed of very thin veneer sheets one to two millimeters or zero three nine dash. zero seven eight inches. At the turn of the nineteenth century, veneer became or began to be cut mechanically by veneer sewing machines, a mechanical saw that cuts the wood as it rises. The inventor was mister Couchet cabinet maker in Auxerre who claimed this patent in 1799 of this veneer cutting machine today only two such mechanical saws are still in use these machines are in the suburb of Paris in a workshop that is the only manufacturer of saw and veneer so one <clears throat> one one built to date one built one was built in 1805 It has a wooden structure. The other dated 1810 and has a metal structure. Originally, these saws were powered by a paddle wheel of steam. Today, they're powered by electric motors. Although their base mechanism is unchanged, the saw blade is activated by a drive rod of red pine, three meters or 9.8 feet long. The blade moves horizontally on its path, at a speed of about 250 strokes per minute. So while the block is being sawn, it rises vertically on its carriage at a rate geared to the cutting speed. The progression varies according to the type of size of log, which can reach up to 70 centimeters in diameter. Although the cost is higher, sawn veneer is four to five times more expensive than slice veneer. The saw and veneer is better suited to marquetry compositions. The wood, cut by a veneer sawing machine, at any desired thickness is regular and level. But the quality is far better because the wood has not been pre-treated. Steaming and boiling are not necessary. This is a considerable advantage since the neutral, neutral or natural color and fiber of the wood are not altered at any means. The specific cutting of veneer from end-grain wood or sausage can only be done by sawing, even when these veneers are properly cut by the slicer. The drying process provokes splitting the wood and renders it useless for marquetry. End-grain of kingwood is used to compose floral motifs on Louis XV style furniture. The sausage veneer can also be used up to a 45-degree angle, with successive concentric layers being less tightly patterned. Oblique sawing produces elliptical sheets with very widely spaced veins, which are used in fresage as butterfly wings. So although the veneer sawing machine is the machine most often used for sawing sheets of veneer, the manufacturer of marquetry band sawings usually cuts his sheets only with a bandsaw. Which is just for short lengths only. The length of the banding must be precisely defined and regular. The same rule applies to individual elements that compose the marquetry called Tarsia Atapo. Other machines can be used to make these marquetry bandings. For example, a planer is used to, to regularize the thickness of the sheets and stacks that form the block. Veneer sawyers have long been in competition with veneer slicers. So before 1914, there were more than a 100 veneer sawing machines in use. Certain sawmills were equipped with a dozen such machines. The technical progress of improved mills, which is a better understanding of how to treat the logs, gave sliced veneer procedure in the market at a lower cost. So let's talk about sliced wood veneer. It seems that the first machine for slicing wood veneers was used at Pont-de-Claire at the beginning of the 19th century. It was driven by a paddle wheel, the wood being sliced cold, in other words, without preliminary steaming or boiling. Although some soft woods may be sliced this way, such as sycamore or poplar, it is not the same for harder woods. The technique of slicing veneers has evolved considerably since its beginning. Production breached an industrial scale in 1865. The machines were designed to obtain good quality veneer at a low cost, which in turn encouraged a wider market. So mills are now equipped with perfected machines, but before being cut, the logs must undergo a special preparation. First, the logs of a maximum length of 4.2 meters are then debarked Then the log is squared off at the bandsaw. After being squared off, the logs are halved or quartered according to the nature and quality of the wood, as well as the type of veneer to be obtained. The hardest logs are boiled in covered steel tanks. The water is heated by the injection of steam. Softer logs are steamed in cement pits. The wood is heated by the steam. The soaking period varies according to the species. The quality and the size of the logs, the operator must know the procedures and length of the treatment, for example, the textures of gaboon and anise are spongy, so they were not steamed for a shorter period. Walnut, oak, and mahogany are steamed from twenty four to forty eight hours prior. After this treatment, the veneer is cut off either by slicing or rotary cutting in certain cases, however. The wood can be directly unrolled without any preparation if the log is sufficiently moist. Cutting by slicing is done with a knife on a carriage that works through the wood against the grain. In a back-and-forth motion, the knife cuts one sheet for every forward motion of the carriage. When the carriage moves backward, it activates a precise mechanism that rises and raises the log up towards the knife for another cut sheet. The thickness of the sheet is adjusted in hundreds of a millimeter. That's, tal- that's 10 thousandths of an inch. This precision is surprising when one views the multitude of moving mechanical parts and the substantial structure of the machine. The slicers are heavy machines which can function in two ways. The first way, horizontal slicers with a carriage activated by hydraulic pistons or rods can slice up to 32 sheets per minute modern machines can slice up to 55 sheets per minute vertical slicers with faster cutting power can produce up to 65 sheets per minute rotary cutting lays are heavy machines like slicers whose structure absorb all the vibrations and the tendency of the log to stray off center while being cut The log is placed horizontally and held at both ends. It rotates continuously. The veneer is cut across its width by a knife placed parallel to the log's axis, which automatically approaches the center of the log. The sheets can also be separated by scoring the log with a shallow saw cut along its length, which is renewed as needed. This shallow cut is made with a circular saw, which moves horizontally along the machine. The sheet of veneer is trimmed on a regular basis by a trimmer at the end of the lathe. Certain woods are maintained in a state of constant moisture. For this purpose, a tank of water is placed underneath the lathe, so the lower half of the billet is soaked as it rotates. Logs are rotary cut in order to obtain unusual and decorative veneers, such as burls, dappled woods, draped bird's eye, maple, etc. The cutting is achieved either by centered or off-centered cutting. This means the centers are fixed either in the center of the log or shifted off-center from the heart of the log. Centered rotary cutting produces sheets with rapid change in the vein pattern. This poses joining problems for their cabinet makers and the marketers. The texture of the veneer is called hollow. On the other hand, off-center rotary cutting eliminates these inconveniences. The industry of sliced veneer at the end of the 19th century and into the 20th century, a facility for the manufacture of veneer was installed in the Faubourg saint Antoine. The logs were bought are brought in by boat to a special port on the banks of the Seine. Every type of veneer, both sawn and sliced, was produced. With the the gradual decline of the furniture industry in this part of Paris, the port disappeared and the veneer saw mills totally closed. The slicers came to dominate the trade and were found in the Paris suburbs and surrounding provinces. The types of wood being cut vary widely and may change to meet various demands and fashion trends. Since the 1970s, in an effort to develop their own industries in the production of veneers, the raw material-producing countries halted the exportation of certain logs. Now, certain woods must be imported already sliced, such as tulip tulip wood or king wood from Brazil. In 1977, the French industry of sliced veneer included 45 factories scattered throughout the country, but concentrated mainly in the Ile-de-France and the Rhône-Alpes region. So, according to the Trade Association of the Veneer Industry, the companies in total owned 100 to 120 slicers and 20 to 25 rotary lathes. The production over the year 1976 was 146,000 sheets. This number was increased by 30 to 35 percent, for the combined years of 1973 and 1974. A large portion of veneer, approximately 55 to 60 percent, is destined for export. At present, the slicers have had a tendency to cut the sheets too thinly. Marketers experience great difficulty in finding certain sheets of veneer thicker than seven-tenths of a millimeter. While cutting the log, a number of these sheets increases if they are thinner this reduces the cost per square meter or square yard but the reduction in thickness is is not justifiable if the veneer is sold by weight unless one considers economizing the rare for wood forest the marketer never <coughs> the marketer nevertheless must always search for the best quality materials which offer the best results for him or her he must also keep in mind the possibility of their eventual restoration so in, in, that, in that mindset, if you're, restoring, um, if you're restoring wood by abrading it by abrasives or by, say, a scraper, there's only so many times you can do it before you sand through or you, you abrade through and there's nothing left. So keeping in mind these individuals that built marketry early on, the thicker woods could be restored many more times over than the thinner. So let's talk just a trife bit about seasoning. So after being sliced or rotary cut, the veneers, having been water impregnated after steaming or boiling, are dried. Several different methods can be used. In open-air dryers, the sheets are arranged into sets of two or three onto a rack. These racks are then lined up in immense hangers, where the air circulation is directed by movable shutters. The drying period varies from two to three days in the summer, summer months, and 8 to 10 days in the winter, if no supplementary heating system is functioning at that point. In recent years, the methods of drying have evolved. In kiln drying, the veneer is artificially treated in drying chambers with circulating hot air. There There are also drying tunnels in which the sheets move along the rolling trellis. Air is directed parallel or perpendicular to the surface of the veneers. So, certain accelerated operations alter some wood types, such as oak, burls, curly grain woods, etc. These must be placed in open-air dryers. A system for circulating ambient air with electric ventilators shortens the period of exposure. After drying, the veneers are sometimes trimmed to obtain straight borders. Next, they are sorted into flitches. In other words, the sheets are placed into the same order in which they were cut and are tied together with string in thin packets. The quality of veneer available on the market. So wood is classified into three basic categories by veneer manufacturers. Exceptional figured figured quantities or qualities. This category includes walnut, elm, oak, tropical wood in particular, nearly all mahoganies macaray, antique, and etc. Number two, the luxury woods. This includes all fine quality wood, such as tropical wood, which produces veneer, that is moray, waved, speckled, or flamed, as well as other species such as maple, European cherry, tulip wood, king wood, wood, rosewood, arameth, satin wood, ebony, etc. And then we have common wood, this wood is used for plywood or industrial veneer, including a popular poplar, beech, and most of the species mentioned above, if they do not contain any unusual characteristics. So, in this last category, the marketer uses only the soft wood. Um, all wood veneers composing the marquetry are selected from exceptional quality wood usually from the luxury category, though. So, um, I think we're going to cut off here at a breaking point. Um, We're going to pick up the next episode talking about the appearance of wood veneers. So I hope everyone's enjoying this, uh, adding uh, all the materials used in creating these wonderful painting and wood marquetry pictures. So Greg Perry, the uh, Historic Preservationist, signing off, and I hope everyone enjoyed this.